I am so excited about this. I want to welcome you to the Purpose Project Podcast. During our time together, I will teach you how to pray, how to intentionally develop intimacy with your Creator, and challenge you to discover and embrace your God-ordained purposes. I am your host, Margie Florent. My prayer for you today is that you will be empowered and strengthened in the Word of God to move forward into your destiny. We're going to talk today about prayer for the ministry leader. We're going to go ahead and begin at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 8. Therefore, he says, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now he that ascended, what does it mean but that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth? And who descended is above the one who ascended far above the heavens that he might fill all things. Now, when he ascended up on high, before, when Jesus went to be with the Father, the Bible just said he led captivity captive and he gave gifts unto men. Now, what were the gifts that he gave? Verse 11, and he gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be teachers. Notice that not everybody's an apostle, not everybody's a prophet, not everybody's a teacher, not everyone has what we call a five-fold ministry gift. They were, these gifts are given to the church and there's a reason for that. And if you think about a gift, a gift is something that is freely received and freely given. You don't have to pay for it. So when Jesus ascended up on high, he decided to call certain men and women to what we call the five-fold ministry gift. Now, this call doesn't come from man. Are you listening? This call is divinely sovereign, and this call comes directly from the heart of the Father. For example, you think about Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 3 through 5. Before God ever formed Jeremiah in the womb, he knew him, and he was destined to be a prophet. And specifically, God said to Jeremiah, you are a prophet to the nations. And so these fivefold ministry gifts are gifts from the heart of the Father, and they're freely given. And just a little side note, freely they should be received. We need to receive our pastors. We need to receive our leaders. We need to receive these fivefold ministry gifts. As a matter of fact, the more you receive your leader, the more you receive your pastor, your prophet, your evangelist, the pastor, the teacher, the more that which is in them can rise up and flow out of them and minister to you. If you're not happy in church because your pastor's not anointed, I would encourage you to start praying for him. And not only that, maybe you're not receiving him as your pastor. When you start to honor your pastor and receive him as your pastor, I believe something will change in your life. I believe he'll begin to speak to you more. It's all about honor. Now, why were these fivefold ministry gifts given? This is why they were given. For the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying or the building up of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we should no longer be kids, children, 
tossed to and fro and carried about every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love that we may grow up unto him in all things who is the head, which is Christ, from whom the whole body is fitly joined together by that which every joint supplies. So these are the fivefold ministry gifts. They're gifts that have been given from the heart of God. Now these ministry gifts what they do is, generally speaking, they reach the multitudes. Just stay with me. They reach the multitudes. They have a platform given to them by God. And they are what they are by the grace of Almighty God. And they're not called by man. When God called the Apostle Paul, he said, I'm an apostle not of man nor by man, but I've been sent from God. So they're gifts that reach the multitudes that God, not man, has set in the church. And the reason they're in the church is because God wants to flow through them and use them to equip the body of Christ so that the body of Christ can go out and do the greater work. Yeah. So that the body of Christ can do the work of the ministry. So that the body of Christ can know who they are and therefore lay hands on the sick and cast out devils and do all the things that have been freely given to them by Jesus Christ through his death, burial, and resurrection. But it is the responsibility of the ministry leader to reach the multitudes, to feed the flock of God whereby they've been made the oversight thereof. And let me just tell you straight up, I'm a traveling minister. I travel, I speak, I teach, I do my thing prophetically. And I have a lot of friends who are pastors. Most of my friends' peers are pastors. And let me tell you, it is not always an easy job. But they are what they are by the grace of God. And they love the flock in a way that I, I can't love the flock. What does that mean? That means... A pastor, the true heart of a shepherd, he has a passion for the sheep. He knows their everyday lives. He cares about them. He comforts them. He, he's cool with picking up the phone and talking them through their problems and through their marital crises and all these other things. Me personally, I, I, I don't have that kind of grace. I love people, I love to be mentor people, and I love to be around people, but there is not a grace on me to be a pastor. And that's why it's very important that anyone who's called into a five-fold ministry, you have to make sure you stay in your own office. Don't go and do or try to be something that you're not called to be. Brother Hagin said that's why some men have died prematurely because they've stepped into another man's office and they've tried to be something that they're not and they got out of the will of God. Just be who God has called you to be, whether it's a five-fold ministry or whether it's just a believer in a church or an administrative over a ministry. Just be who God's called you to be. Just, just long just to be what God has called you to be. But anyway, these gifts have been given to the church. Um, to perfect the church, to build the church up, to mature and develop the body of Christ. Now, in talking about prayer for the ministry leader, prayer for the ministry leader is a supportive ministry. We have people in the church who usher. 
We have people in the church who administrate. We have people in the church that do all kinds of things. But prayer is also a ministry. It's a ministry of helps. It's a ministry that is unseen, but it is a very vital ministry to the ministry leader. Now, we're going to go into Exodus chapter 17, and I'm going to read you a scripture that refers to Moses. Now, Moses, as you know, was a ministry leader. He was head over all the children of Israel, and he had a lot of responsibility. And you know that Moses was the mouthpiece of God, okay? Now, let's see what happens with Moses. Exodus chapter 17. And Moses said to Joshua, Choose us some men and go out to fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand at the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. He had the power of God. He had the anointing of God. He heard from God. He knew exactly what he was supposed to do because God had spoken to him. God will speak to the men and the women who are ministry leaders. And he will show them what he wants them to do. And he will impart the vision into their hearts. And he will write the vision on the tablets of the people that he has the oversight thereof. Now, he had the rod of God in his hand. So Joshua did as Moses said to him. And he fought with Amalek. And Moses and Aaron and her went to the top of the hill. And so it was. When Moses held up his hand, that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. Now, this is what happened to Moses. He got tired. Sometimes your ministry leader gets tired, whether it's spiritual or physical or emotional. Because what happens is, as a ministry leader... They are in a position not only of responsibility to God and to answer to him and to hear from him and to do to the best of their ability whatever God has called them to be or to do, but a ministry leader also when he teaches or, he, or she speaks or, or, or preaches or ministers to people or counsels people or mentors people, what he's doing is he's giving out of, hopefully, his overflow, and he's pouring his life into the people that he's over. And it may surprise you, but there are times that your ministry leader gets tired and needs help and needs support. And it's not necessarily support in the natural. It's a support in the spirit. And that's what prayer is for your ministry leader. It is a support in the spirit. You go into prayer on the behalf of your leader and you undergird him and you support him and you lift him up. And I'm telling you, I can tell when people are praying for me and I can tell when people are not praying for me. When people are praying for me, things go a whole lot easier. Things go a whole lot smoother. The word of God has free course. I don't get as tired. The, it, it's, it's like this, Isaiah 43 through 5. The, the, the road, instead of it being bumpy and hilly and curvy, the, it, the highway is straight ahead. 
and the glory of God is present in my life and the joy of the Lord is my strength. And you could just tell when people are praying for you. I'm just going to be honest. I have, in the last three years, I've had several apostolic leaders say to me by prophetic revelation, Margie Florent, you need more intercessors in your ministry for what God is taking you into in this next phase. And I'm the kind of person, and most of your leaders are, I'm sure, I'm the kind of person, I'm like, well, I just don't want to ask anybody to do that. I want to ask people. Would you ask, you know, are you going to ask, could you ask people to pray for me? How am I going to ask people? How am I going to say to people, you know, because we know who we are. We understand who we are. We know that we are what we are by the grace of God. And, you know, we're just human like everybody else. And the thing that makes us different and separates us is really the anointing and the mantle that we carry. So people will look at a man or a woman of God and go, well, that, that, that's that man and that woman of God. Yeah, that's, that's him. That's her. No, it isn't actually. That's Christ in us, the hope of glory. We've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer the man or the woman that should live. It should be Christ in them flowing. It is Christ, the ministry gift. It's Jesus, the apostle. It's Jesus, the prophet. It's Jesus, the evangelist. It's Jesus, the pastor and the teacher. He's the shepherd rising up and your pastor and shepherding you. It's not of a man, lest any man should boast. Yeah. Are you listening? So people look at us and they go, well, you know, that Margie Florent or that Barry Habib or, or that person, they're just really, wow, they're really anointed. They're anointed, but that's not, their, that's not them. It's the Holy Spirit. It's the gift of God that's in them. And that's why it's very important as a ministry leader, if you're listening to this, that you really have to guard who you have around you. People think, you know, we're stuck up, we're this, we're that. No, let me just tell you straight up that God is very jealous over his apostles, his prophets, his evangelists, his pastors, and his teachers. And it's his heart to protect his ministry gifts. Because the ministry gifts have laid down their lives and only God and that man or that woman knows what it takes to be where they are. Most people don't know the work and the dedication and the consecration and the, and the, and the laying aside of, of your own desires to be what God has called you to be as a leader. God is very jealous over his ministry leaders. And he's also very protective of them unless they get into sin straight up and they start leading and they fall and then they take a bunch of people down with them. That's why the Bible says, don't let a lot of you covet to be teachers because a greater condemnation is on a teacher or a minister. So this is the, but it's very important that a ministry leader guard who they have around them. Because I've learned that when they start to see the human side, they start to lose respect. And if they're not mature enough to handle your human side of you, you shouldn't have them around you. If they can't see that the ministry leader is what they are by the grace of God and it's not them, it's God in them, then they shouldn't be around you. Because when you do something stupid or say something stupid, they're just going to think, you know, they're just going to lose respect for you. I admire men and women who could be with a ministry leader and see their human side and still have respect for them. Those are the people I want in my camp. I don't know why I said all that, but that was good. So anyway, 
So Amalek, what happened is Moses' hands became heavy. He was getting tired. He was getting weary. And, and, and this is what happened. So they took a stone. Who did? Aaron and her. And they put it under him. Under who? Under Moses. And he sat on it. And Aaron and her supported his hands on one side and on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. Don't you just love that? And then what was the result of their support of the man of God? So, and let me just say this about Moses. They had to know that Moses had anger issues at times. Right? But they still honored him. They still respected him. Why? Because he was the man of God. He was the one that was called. He had the rod of God in his hands. And it's not the man you're honoring. It's the God in the man. And you have to separate the two. All this man worship is of the devil, and it's idolatry. We don't worship the ministry gifts. We honor the God that's on the inside of them, and we support them because God's hand is on their life, and God wants to use them to build his kingdom, not their own kingdom. So Moses' hands became heavy. Aaron and Hur took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. And Aaron and Hur supported his hands on one side and on the other, and his hands were go going steady until the going down of the sun. So this was the result. Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. So Moses was getting tired. Aaron and Hur got them all set up. They held up his arms, and as a result, the, the, uh, they were, Amalek was defeated. Prayer for your ministry leader is a supportive ministry. It's like you're like the Aaron and the her to that ministry gift. And when they start to get tired and get weary, you need to go in and you need to begin to pray for them and stand in the gap for them and put up the hedge around them, Ezekiel 22, 30, and be that man, that woman, that intercessor that will support them. And what are you supporting? Like we said, you're supporting the work of Jesus Christ in the earth. So it is a supportive ministry. Let's go to Mark chapter 14. I have not taught on this subject in a long, 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 long time. And the Holy Ghost said to me, you need to teach it. People need to begin to stand in the gap for their ministry's leaders. He said, great persecution is coming on the church. The devil's going to try to stop the leaders. He's going to try to shut their mouths. He's going to try to take them out. He's going to attempt to assassinate many of them. And if there's not watchmen on the walls and people praying and interceding for these leaders, the enemy would desire to have them that he may sift them as wheat and take them out. And don't think for one minute that the devil doesn't have a plan. And he is not wanting to target certain ministry leaders. As I stand here and I teach this, I can hear the Holy Ghost saying that's in his mind and in his plan. But the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. You can protect your leader in prayer. And things that were supposed to happen can be revealed. The Bible says everything that is hidden will be revealed. When you pray for your ministry leader, if there's any plot against them to assassinate them, it's a pretty strong word, isn't it? Yeah. I believe that that plan and that plot can be revealed because the Holy Spirit will make sure it gets done. Yeah. 
Let's look here at Mark chapter 14. Mark chapter 14. Here we see Jesus. He was the ministry leader, wasn't he? Yes, he was very anointed, wasn't he? Yes, the Spirit of the Lord was upon him. God had anointed him to preach the gospel to the poor. God had sent him to heal the brokenhearted, to bind up the wounds, to preach at liberty those that needed freedom, right? The anointing was on him, just like the anointing is on the five-fold leadership. And here we see Jesus. It's the most important time in his ministry. His earthly ministry is coming to a close. Things are, listen, shifting in his ministry. God's about to do a new thing, and things are shifting. And here we find him going into the Garden of Gethsemane, and let's see what happens. Mark chapter 14, verse 33. He says to his disciples, Then they came to a place which was named Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, his disciples, his disciples. Who did he take with him? The ones that were closest to him, who knew his heart, understood, well, to a, as most as they could, understood what his ministry was. Sit here while I pray. And he took with him Peter, James, and John, and Jesus felt the weight of his destiny and his calling. He felt the weight of what he was about to do. He felt the weight of, I'm going to the cross. He felt the weight of the responsibility. And he was the man that was sent to the earth as the intercessor that was to be the second Adam that was going to redeem mankind. He felt the weight of that. The Bible says he began to be troubled and deeply distressed. And he said to his disciples... He was honest with them. He shared his heart with them. He was open with them. I'm sure the disciples had never heard him talk like this before, or maybe they did, and it's just not written. But it says right here, he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even unto death. Stay here and watch. Be alert. Stay with me. I need you right now. I need to share my heart with you, and I just need you to sit with me, and I need you to watch with me. And he went a little further and fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, and we know it wasn't, but he tried it anyway. If it were, I've done that myself. Of course, I'm not, not Jesus going to the cross, but if it's possible, can I just be normal? Stay at home. Make cookies, sit in the back of the church, be a supportive ministry. You know, just, just, just let me be normal. But you see, that's not normal for me. If I tried to do that, I'd be the most miserable person on the face of this earth. Why? Because if you have a five-fold ministry call on your life and something inside of you isn't satisfied and you're miserable and you keep, you keep seeing yourself preaching to people and you keep seeing yourself teaching people, Maybe you have a five-fold ministry call on your life. I would highly suggest you get into prayer and find out. And God will make it known to you. You know, he'll make it known. And he went a little further. If it were possible, I pray that this hour would pass. And then verse 36, and he said, Daddy God, Abba, Abba, 
Daddy, all things are possible to you. I love you, God. You know how much I love you. You know that everything I do, I do for you because I love you. And there is no other motive that I do what I do other than my love for you. You've been so good to me and I will lay down my life and I will be what you have called me to be. It's possible to you, Father, to take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, it's not what I will. I don't want what I want. I want what you want. May your will be done in my life. And verse 37, and he came and he found them sleeping. Who? The three guys, the three big guys, right? Peter, James, and John. He found them what? Sleeping. What the heck were they doing sleeping? This was the most important time in the ministry of Jesus. He was about to cross over into his high priestly ministry. He was about to, to be crucified. And the disciples didn't, you know what? Didn't pick up on it. They didn't get it. Okay? And he said, Simon, and if they got it, they definitely wouldn't have been sleeping. Simon, why are you sleeping? Couldn't you just watch one hour? I needed you. I needed you to watch. I needed you to be with me. And then verse 38, he said, watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. Indeed, the spirit indeed is willing, but your flesh is weak. And then Jesus went away and he prayed and he spoke the same words. And when he returned, verse 40, he found them what? Sleeping again. Even after Jesus asked them, couldn't you just watch with me? You need to even pray for yourself at this point. He found them asleep again for their eyes were heavy and they did not know what, how to answer them. I believe they were just ashamed. And Jesus said, he came a third time, he said, are you still sleeping and resting? And he was like, it is enough. The hour has come. Rise up, let us go. See, my betrayer is at hand. So here we see Jesus is the most important time in his ministry and those closest to him sleeping. What I want to say to each and every one of you is, don't be sleeping when your ministry leader needs you to pray for them. It's not a time to be sleeping. We're not living in times and seasons where the intercessors should be sleeping. It is a time to watch and to pray, to be sober, to be vigilant. Our adversary, the devil, he goes around as a roaring lion and he is seeking whom he may devour. And let me tell you straight up, if the devil can get to your ministry leader and stop him, he can get to the people. If he can take out your ministry leader, he can take out his, the people he shepherds or he pastors or he ministers to. It's very important that we not be sleeping in this day and in this hour. Thank you for listening to the Purpose Project podcast. For more content, video, and teachings like this, visit margieflorent.org.